0: Welcome to the Freedom to Learn podcast, exploring freedom, autonomy and social justice in education. This recording was made at the 2020 Freedom to Learn online forum. Amazing. Thank you. Okay, so why are stories important? Yes, Elle? I suppose
1: it's... um... It's learning about other people's experiences and maybe finding common ground if you've had a similar experience or learning from something that's happened to them. And like you said, like I've not experienced what you've just the story you've just told personally, but that doesn't mean that I could then get involved in that research that a bit more and find more about about. Ab- Sorry, find more about that, um, for myself. It just makes you a more well-rounded person, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Thank. Thank you very much. Yeah. Definitely. So learning from other people and finding where you've got that crossover, absolutely. Um. Anybody else? Why are stories important?
2: Yes, Simmy. Um. I think they kind of provide like context and like a cause to of whatever someone's doing it gives you kind of meaning of why they are the way they are or why um they people do certain actions it gives you kind of like backstory
0: absolutely they give a context as to why things happen why people are the way they are really really important um anyone else What? Uh, Yeah, sorry Rowan.
3: I think they're an
4: easier way to remember information compared to data. They capture within them um, emotions, which data doesn't. And so they're a way that humans communicate, which is different from other species but also that, that carry within them a wealth of different types of information.
0: Absolutely. We're going to come back to this point about remembrance. Um, but that is a very key point. Um, oh, welcome. Um, ah, welcome Laura. Don't worry at all. We are just um, having an introductionary discussion, uh, introductory, sorry, about uh, why are stories important? Um, so we're just hearing a few points and we've had some really good points about why they're important. Are there any other points potentially about why stories are important in the context of change making or campaigning? I'd say they help us understand
4: kind of diversity of experiences in ways that are difficult to explain in other ways and how different um Um, lived experiences interact with each other there's an element of cause and effect um, which
0: is gripping and meaningful absolutely difference of experience just as the same as seeing kind of a site of overlapping experience difference is really really important to see how people's experience has been different yeah Laura
5: I don't want to repeat anything that might have already been said but um that gleaning meaning where maybe meaning hasn't actually surfaced in a conscious way making sense of uh, a dynamic or a situation that is sort of still in progress of coming into being expressed
0: thank you i think that was a really really lovely point Um, there is something kind of intangible or tacit about stories and by tacit I mean kind of learning through uh, experience Um, this thing that you gain through storytelling or some learning somebody's story and you get that meaning don't you yeah Rowan
4: I just loved what Laura's to end a phrase beaming meaning it sounds like a campaign title (laughs) Um, I love it and it made me really think also that um the process of storytelling, like for oneself, it is therapeutic. Like it's, it's, it's an end in itself. And also it helps to, as you said, like make make meaning, give a person a sense of self by the process of saying it. So regardless of what the next step is, that process of saying, okay, who am I? Um, and what out of the billions of things that have happened to me in life, what is it that I want to share makes is yeah gives gives purpose and and a sense of identity which can also be interesting because then can you skip it
0: Ooh, (laughs) this oh yeah we could talk about this all day (laughs) there's so many elements that this sets off but yeah um yeah well done everyone that was that was some really really good answers and there's no right or wrong answer but they basically covered everything I'd tried to kind of come up with so yeah snapshot of someone's personality you get that kind of Sense of who they are. You can share common ground and connect. Uh, you can also find out differences and find out how some people's experiences have been different. Uh, particularly, you can learn about kind of identities that you ne- you haven't really considered. Um, oh, don't worry, Amy. I'm sorry, um, but we are recording this, so you can listen to this afterwards. Um, so, yeah, difference of experience. Um, uh, the thing you remember about somebody, absolutely. And then there was one more thing that I don't think got covered, and that is, well, what next? Why are stories told? Well, it can move us to action. Sometimes stories are the things that make us do stuff, not the facts, not the figures, um, the story of something. So I want to take us back to that point about uh, the thing that you remember about someone, because absolutely, I think that is a key kind of hook of a story. So, um Yeah, does everybody remember, so obviously everybody knows who the uh, Mayor of London is? Deep Khan, right? So who remembers any of his mayoral campaign pledges? Can anybody name me a pledge that he gave me? You've
3: got 10 seconds.
0: No? No, okay. Well, um what can you remember about Sadiq Khan running for mayor? Can you remember anything? There's one thing that I, I everybody I know remember I know says they remember about him, and that was that he's the son of a bus driver. So this formed a key part of his campaign. Um and I I still to this day don't necessarily remember all of his uh mayoral uh policies and pledges uh but one of the strongest things that drove his campaign was his sense of identity and his story saying that he was the son of a bus driver uh and that gave him uh, a sense and gave other people a sense of where he was how he grew up um a sense of identity and time and place um so um Sadiq Khan and was this coincidental did he just say, oh, I'm randomly, I'm the son of a bus driver? No. Why do you think he said it? Yeah,
2: Simi. To try and appeal to everyday people and guess, like, humanise himself so that he seemed more appealing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you could, it, it was to humanise himself and give himself that realness. And you could obviously say that it's cynical because he's a politician. So he, he's obviously doing that. But, you know, this is how people use stories. And so it's important to understand why they are uh, utilised as powerful tools. Um, OK, so when you um, watch TV or a book, um, who are you? When you're watching The Lion King, who are you? Everyone write in the chat. What character are you in The Lion King? I'm assuming everybody says that they're a character because this is what I do. (laughs) I don't remember all the characters' names. The hero. (laughs) You don't have to remember all their names, the hero. Anyone remember? Oh, the sister, interesting. Anyone else?
3: Wow. Some
0: seriously <laughs> rogue answers the same <laughs> time. Okay, right, that one didn't work. But um, <laughs> nearly everybody always replies that they are Simba. Um, and in Harry Potter, people are normally identified as Harry. Um, what about Frozen? Who is everyone in Frozen? Anyone seen Frozen? Okay, over this bit isn't working as well. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> um, when we see stories, when we watch stories, when we read books, um, we often place ourselves uh, in the shoes of the main character. Um, I said because their their story, we put ourselves in their shoes. Um, so there's another important element to the story. It's not just um, somebody telling their experience um there's a wider relational um there's a there's a wider us implicated in stories so when we tell stories we're not just trying to tell stories for us sometimes there's an element of trying uh, of my of the self there's an element of us trying to widen it so that other people relate to it um in hearing a story we are put in someone else's shoes and it becomes our narrative now i've said mainly people choose the main characters because of course this is massively skewed by not just how we relate to films and media, but I guess representation and issues within representation in books, film, and media. And often it is the case that all the characters I've suggested, most of them are white, uh, male, or a lion. Um, So, you know, it's possible that people don't relate to these main characters. Um, But we're going to come back to that later as well, about who is telling a story and how, and what are the implications of... um, telling a story from a particular identity or relating it to your own story Um, okay so what let's move on to the next bit so what is a story what makes a story um everybody try posting in the chat again interesting character facing a challenge good yes i like that what else is a story what makes it Mm, i like that simi taking the listener or audience through a journey in which something is learnt. got a beginning middle end yeah relatable person overcoming their barriers i think certainly that's what can make a good story uh words that create an image or images you can relate to yeah i think there's truth in all of those answers um a time and place yeah so um let me try telling you a uh what happened to me this morning so I woke up this morning it was quite early so I reset the alarm went back to sleep woke up again two hours later got up went to the kitchen put some crumpets in the toaster realized I forgotten my slippers went back to my room stubbed my toe on the door and had to try not to shout uh it was um then I heard a loud noise ran back into the kitchen greeted by smoke and two incinerated crumpets put them in the bin noticed it was half an hour later than I thought, realised I was late for my CML session, logged on and greeted everybody. Was
3: that a story? No. Why wasn't it a story? Mm -hmm. Somebody, some people enjoyed it. That's that's good to know. so
0: hopefully we all agree that wasn't a story or it sort of was a story but not a good one uh what didn't it have in it a key event yeah definitely didn't have a key event okay yeah so there's lots of things it doesn't have um so rowan could we possibly uh we didn't know what we was, i was getting at exactly there was no purpose there was no reaction there was no learning So if we can go to slide three, that would be amazing. Great. So um, this is a slightly bizarre diagram, I'll wager. Um, But this is a diagram that is sometimes used when people try to think about what makes a story, uh, particularly when it comes to change making. So here we've got uh, a character. um, And coming at them is a plot. Um, And within this plot, they face some kind of challenge. Uh, or outcome um, some kind of challenge that could be a situation like a stumbling block uh, or an opportunity and that character then has to make a choice uh, that could be to face the challenge or to see the world uh, in a different way and all along the bottom there runs the underlying message or moral or realization so something to learn from this story and um, so as i talked about in my story earlier I'm the character. The plot was what happened to my family. Uh, The challenge or the choice that faced me was how to interpret these events and how to interpret the world from that point. And the outcome was that I I was politicized and I chose to interpret the world in that way. Um, And the moral was that the system needs to change. And so I really wanna go into um, campaigning to be able to be part of that change. So this may sound a bit confusing, but I really just wanted people to look at this idea of something that makes you realize something. So a story where you are faced with some kind of challenge or situation and have a realization or make a decision about how to interpret that. Um, does anybody else, ha- does anybody have an example that they can think of off the top of their head of a story, either one, either one of their stories or another story?
5: Um, So it's quite general, it's not a great story, but it's that realisation that I had when I was telling people that Rowan was able to choose, my Rowan obviously, um, was able to choose whether he wanted to go to school or not. And the responses from people that I knew uh, helped me to understand and clarify further how much I wanted to make that choice. Because I didn't realise it was radical until that moment of repeatedly receiving a particular set of reactions that were very um, unexpected. Is that sort of thing?
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that is a really, really good example of a story that makes you, you, obviously, I'm not going to define that. But um, if it's something that made you realise something or changed you, then I think that's a really, really good example of a story. Um, And it might have been a was it a particular experience? Or was it a kind of collection? I think, I think if it had been a particular
5: experience, it wouldn't have changed me in quite the same way. It was the consistency of the experience. Mm. There was kind of like an A plus B equals C situation to it, where it was so prevalent. And that's where I realised it was quite radical and that even people, in fact, sometimes, especially the people I imagined would be most on board, most sympathetic, were the most resistant to the ideas.
0: Yeah okay thank you that's really really helpful um, and I think that's a really good example of a story that's personal to you and that might if you choose, chose to tell that story um, it might be a way of conveying um, to somebody in a personal capacity a bit about you or if you were in a change making capacity it could be potentially trying to tell people about you know the merits of why it's so important to have consent uh, based upbringing. But the important thing is that the stories are your own and that you're able to use them in a way that you're comfortable with. Okay, so um, I would really like everybody, if they feel comfortable, uh, to have a go um, at telling their own stories. So those of you who were at the session this morning on one-to-ones, this is quite similar to that, where we're trying to, um, but instead of talking to people and asking questions about each other... um, I would like everyone to if they feel comfortable uh, to talk in pairs and think about a moment in their life that changed them Uh, and remember it's important that you feel comfortable with that so it's not necessarily has to be the most personal thing to you but a moment that changed you or something that made you who you are right everyone Um, I hope you've got enough time just to talk about um yourselves just a little bit I know it was uh, not loads of time um but would anybody like to uh, share how they found that? And you don't have to reveal anything uh, about what you said, and certainly not about the other person, but if you'd like to give your own example of what you said, that's also fine. How do we find that?
1: Elle, yeah. Uh, I think it was hard to think of examples, and I think it was like, to say something changed me sounds like a massive thing that's happened. Then once Simi start, started telling her story, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a thing. And then I suppose you've got to have one person break the ice and say something for you to then think of your own experiences, I suppose.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. I think these things are can be quite hard to think about because we never thought about deliberately constructing a story before. Uh, or at least I hadn't, when I started campaigning, I'd never kind of deliberately sat down and said, what's my story? Partly because I didn't want to sound disingenuous, um, but also because I hadn't necessarily thought about what makes me, me. But I think it's important to remember that you don't have to create a disingenuous self, but and you're never going to be able to capture your whole personality, but it's about thinking about a moment or something that shaped you, depending on what you care about. Uh, how did, any, did anybody else want to share how they found that? no well that's fine i'm 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 glad everybody else got um a chance to talk about that and again as i said this is the sort of thing that takes practice and i had to spend quite a few goes um thinking about what different things make me and depending on my life or what's happening there's a different story or a different thing that i think is important or significant um Okay, so we're going to move to the next bit. Um, so I want us to think, um, how can we use our stories in campaigning? If everyone's okay to post in the chat, what kind of examples can you use where stories, can you think of where stories have been used in campaigning? Mm, yeah, thanks Rowan. To explain and show how policy affects someone's life or lived experience. Absolutely. To gain support through giving people a person to fight for. Mm, Yeah. Sometimes that person can represent other people who are also facing um, yeah, facing something that is depending on. So it could be racism or sexism or food poverty or a particular issue. Could be a group of people that are discounted from some kind of benefit or medicine. Mm. To have a shareable way to explain complex ideas. Mm, absolutely I think that's a really really good point there is as we said at the beginning there's sort of intangible tacit or kind of learning through doing and sharing that we get through stories that can explain things that are otherwise quite unexplainable Mm, restorative justice sharing personal experience to build understanding yeah I really like that do you want to expand on that a tiny bit Laura
5: I don't know a great deal about it but um, restorative justice rather than punitive in the sense that getting people together where uh, a criminal or yes, I think probably largely criminal in terms of um, the potential for a prison sentence and getting all parties together in order to um, facilitate discourse as to the harm and the outcome and the effect, um, and I suppose it's not it 's not the same, but it's something that I suppose relates in things like you know drink driving campaigns, some having someone who has had the experience of uh, really first hand effects of what can occur in that sort of situation am i making sense
0: (laughs) yeah 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 absolutely thank you um very much and for l and l also says to show understand the whole process as to why the campaign is happening absolutely okay thanks and thank you laura yeah these are all really really good um answers and examples of why uh, our stories are powerful and why we need why they're useful in campaigning um okay so we're running a bit low on time and there's stuff that i'd have liked to have done that we um that we maybe won't be able to do as always but um i'd really like us to quickly think um quick fire as a discussion so raise hands um we uh, talked about earlier this idea of um sharing our story but then also being conscious about whose story we're sharing uh, and how we share our stories so i wanted us to um about what are important things to consider uh, when we share our story, or what uh, what are things influence our stories? So I've got, I'm asking two questions there. What things influence our stories, and what should we be careful of? Yes, yeah, Amy.
2: The um, context in which you share a particular story, like the setting
0: thank you can you give me an example is there an example you can think of about where that might be good or where that might be less good
2: maybe like if you share kind of like a really detailed um, story or like explicit story maybe about like something traumatic but you do it in the setting where it's with uh, victims of like a similar trauma that could be like triggering so just like paying attention of where you tell a specific story so that you still get the impact you want, but without, like, going too far the other way.
0: Thanks, Simi. I think that's really spot on. Um, Yeah, this idea of being careful about, also like, what's the purpose of the story? If you're doing something that's very kind of graphical, explicit or traumatic, what is it? How is it going to affect the change? But also, who might it impact? And might it impact anybody in a negative way? particularly people who might have experienced that. Yeah. Uh, Rowan, did you have your hand up?
4: Just building on what Simi said, getting consent from the person whose story you're sharing. I think that can sometimes be difficult because sometimes it can be years afterwards or you could say it anonymously, Um, but certainly certainly, um, um, being aware of the need to get consent.
0: Absolutely and I think it's quite a good kind of golden rule which is to generally say that um, you should check before you tell anybody's story that you think they would be happy for you to tell that story and in general this session is mainly about telling our own stories uh, to use those as a tool Um, although we do know that obviously uh, stories can be shared for example by politicians in a very very powerful way. Um, and sometimes in a less good way uh, to affect change. You'll always hear politicians standing up in Parliament saying, my constituent works 10 hours a day, they don't have enough pay, and they will tell that personal story to try and bring about that change because it's more effective. Um, But yeah, we have to be careful that we're not instrumentalising, and by that I mean using somebody's experience um, for something that's not going to benefit them. Absolutely. Anything else we should consider <laughs> when we tell our stories or things that might influence them? It's just the power
4: dynamics between the storyteller and, and whose story you're telling. So whether that's based on race or class or gender or other power, just being hyper aware of that um and maybe having a conversation about how the story is told and doing it together or getting them to tell their own story
0: um yeah absolutely yeah um so making sure that you're not making anybody tell their story and that you're aware of any dynamics um yeah laura um
5: sort of combing through your ideas and thinking to make sure that you are not reinforcing norms that you are not comfortable with and other people around may not be comfortable with
2: just I suppose integrity
0: (laughs) yeah thank you I think that's a that's a that's an interesting one actually um yeah thinking about being true to yourself and others I don't want to misrepresent your point but I really like what you said about Yeah, not reinforcing any norms. I think also a really basic point for me is it doesn't have to be a sob story, particularly as we lean sometimes dangerously, particularly when we work with people who experience different oppressions, to then particularly call on those people who experience them. So, for example, women who experience sexism uh, or people of colour who experience racism. uh, We need to be careful that we're not always calling on those people that experience those, um, those experiences, to give their story and that they're just a storyteller. If you have a campaign team, you should make sure that everybody is able to do all the different uh, roles of organizing and that you're not just calling on somebody who's experienced difficulties due to their identity to be telling their story. And it's nice as well to tell a story that changed us in a positive way as well, I think. And not just kind of pigeonhole somebody say like you know you're lgbt so i want you to tell us a story about the homophobia you faced for example sorry you wrote around what were you going to say
4: i, I was going to say like the lens and the voice is really important as well so whose voice is it being told in? i remember once i was i was interviewed for um i was i was interviewed for like a publication it was like for an exhibition about women in wandsworth and this lovely guy we got on with we got on so well spent the day with me and we he interviewed me we had lots of chats he took photos and we had a fantastic vibe but then he luckily he sent me what he wanted to share and it was everything i said but it was in his voice and he kind of interpreted things in his own way or just the turns of phrase were just so not me that even though everything in it was factually correct I felt so uncomfortable reading it and it just made me cringe Um, and luckily he'd sent it to me so I could be like actually do you mind if I reword this in my own words and I felt a lot more comfortable with it so sometimes even when you've thought about all of that it's 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 just really important to double check and get people to read things through and and um, yeah do it collaboratively but just the power of voice especially working with people from different backgrounds. it's 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 yeah just even how you put two words together can make a difference to whether it feels like you or not and maybe that was me being super sensitive but um but but feeling it really made me hyper aware of the need to check in with people before talking on their behalf
0: no that that's really really relevant and thank you for sharing that i think that's a really good point about how those stories are Then i guess uh yeah whether they're collaborative or not and how whether they're taken out a, con- a certain context or not okay thank you right I'm conscious it's three o'clock um would people be interested to s- stay for a short video or do, if anyone needs to dash off they are welcome to um but I thought it'd be really good to end on watching a video of somebody sharing their story to affect um change so um not that one. <laughs> In my <laughs> session, I mean that is. A story. Um Now this one. I don't, <laughs> want to end, I don't want to end on a sad note, but this is uh, possibly uh, the most powerful use of a story that I have ever seen um, to campaign for change. And he's campaigning uh, to keep the NHS free and not be privatised. This is Harry Leslie Smith, uh, one of the fine, one of the last. Uh, war second world war veterans and a big uh, anti-austerity campaign Um, so uh, we're going to watch his speech um, in 2014 at labour party conference but importantly it was to campaign to keep the nhs uh, free from privatization
4: um just give me a thumbs up if you can hear it proper
6: I came into this world in the rough and ready year of 1923. I'm from Barnsley, and I can tell you that my childhood, like so many others from that era, was not like an episode from Downton Abbey. (laughs) Instead, it was a barbarous time. It was a bleak time, and it was an uncivilized time. Because public health care didn't exist. No one in our community was safe from poor health, sickness, and disease. In our home, TB came for my eldest sister, Marion. Tuberculosis tortured my sister and left her an invalid that had to be restrained with ropes tied around her bed. My parents did everything in their power to keep Marianne alive and comfortable. But they just didn't have the dosh to get her the best clinics, find her the best doctors, or the right medicines. Instead, she wasted away before our eyes until my mother could no longer handle her care, and she was dispatched to the workhouse infirmary where she died at the age of 10, 87 years ago. Mom and Dad couldn't afford to bury their darling daughter, so, like the rest of our country's indigent, she was dumped nameless into a pauper's pit. My family story isn't unique. Sadly, rampant poverty and no health care were the norm for the Britain of my youth. That injustice galvanized my generation to become, after the Second World War, the tide that raised all votes. Election Day 1945 was one of the proudest days in my life. I felt that I was finally getting a chance to grab destiny by the shirt collar. And that is why I voted labor and for the creation of the NHS. We must never, ever let the NHS free from our grasp. Because if we do, your future will be my past. I am not a politician, a member of the elite or a financial guru, but my life is your history and we should keep it that way.
3: Wow, um, how do people feel watching that?
0: yeah I feel really sad (laughs) does anyone feel anything different galvanized why did you say galvanized Rowan um it makes you
4: hearing that story makes you want to fight for something
0: absolutely yeah I, I feel really angry but in a kind of passionate way um it makes me think absolutely we've We must not let you know it makes you go along with the message and it makes me feel angry um so this is an example and it's the last thing and I know we've run over and we'll go in two minutes uh sorry well let's say four minutes just so I'm not um (laughs) keeping you longer than I say Uh, this is something that some campaigners call self us now so we've talked about the self our stories in the first part we talked about us about how Uh, we see our stories in other characters and their narrative becomes our narrative and how stories are a powerful tool in getting us to be in somebody else's shoes. And then we've got self us now. So this idea that when we use stories for campaigning uh, in change, making um, stories in change, making, we say, okay, well, this is my story. This is how it fits with us. And this is why we must act now. So I I hope you managed to, I'm sure you felt that when you saw Harry Leslie Smith and because I certainly go through those emotions of self us now. Uh, But I want to finish by saying uh, everybody's story is their own and their own, their their own only. Um, And we should obviously be careful about how we use our stories and the stories of those around us, because they're very powerful um, uh, as tools. But uh, just like, um, as Spider-Man says, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, so we've got to um, mind how we use these stories as tools. Can you hear me? Can Hello, Kaya. we can hear you. Yeah. Um, great. Um, I'm using my phone now, so the connection is better. Of course, um, yeah, uh, Rowan. Yes,
4: I just wanted to say on that note, um, I hadn't heard the self us now, but it made made me really think that our now is so important right now with COVID, and this potential for change. So this is a, a a meaningful moment for storytelling, because we can draw on our stories, we can link into shared experience, and be like, actually, now's the time to change to. To, to fight for something, create something new. So just just kind of, yeah, that that sense of timing really came, came up for me in, in that
3: conversation.
0: Thank you, Rowan. And yeah, I'd like to say, so we never get enough time for these, but I'd be really interested to hear from Changemakers and others as well about a potential for other sessions about how we can explore further this idea of the now and to have maybe a more participatory session on what that means to people alright we'll do a really quick check out so thank you that's the end of the session but it would be really nice to just do a quick check out so what that means is uh, just maybe one word or a sentence about how you're feeling um, so I'm feeling um, I'm feeling a lot of feelings that's what I'm feeling um, because I find that storytelling always makes me feel this way um, but it def- I definitely feel moved to change um, Shall I go I'll just go clockwise so Laura um yeah feeling grateful
5: for the conversation and everything that uh it shines a light on
0: Thank you um simmy
2: yeah, um. Feeling thoughtful about how I can use stories and think about how to even find the stories as well.
1: Thank you. Uh, Elle? I'm feeling like I've got a lot of food for thought.
3: That's nice to hear. (laughs) Good. Um, uh, Zikaio?
0: Oh, Kyle, I know your internet is temper temperamental um feel free to post in the chat if you can hear me um otherwise I'll move on to Sarah are you still here uh yeah I'm feeling reflective fantastic thank you and Rowan
4: um I really liked what you said about wanting to find those stories And I'm I'm feeling curious about everybody else's stories I didn't get to hear. And also um, like I wanna be playful with playing with stories and trying to find them. Like there's so much happening and trying to weave out stories out of this mishmash of events and life. So I'm feeling like I wanna be playful.
0: All right. Thank you, everyone. Um, And apologies, we overran slightly, Uh, but um, thank you very much. And that's the end of the session. But please join us in the rest of the week for more. And I'm sure I'll see you all around. Thanks, Rowan, for uh, doing all of the assistant support. (laughs) Pleasure. Thank you very much, Lucy. Thank you. Have a lovely day, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freedom to Learn podcast. For more information about our work, check out our website at freedomtolearn.uk and find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.